Okay, guys, welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. This week, I am flying solo. Scotty is, um, how can I put this? Not allowed to see other people, and his microphone did not make the cut on his trip. So we're going to keep this short and sweet, except for the 7,000 things he sent me to talk about around the league. But let's dive right on into recapping the first half of the craziest two weeks in baseball. The Yankees snagged that number one wild card spot, which was huge by sealing up their series with the Red Sox. That was probably the most important thing that has happened this entire season. And you cannot... We do not win that Red Sox series. We are not in the position we're in now without Giancarlo Stanton. You know, he left no base runners on base while in Boston. His line in the Red Sox series, he swung a 583 with three home runs, including a massive grand slam, 10 RBIs, and a 2.032 OPS with zero left on base. That is absolutely it's it's mind blowing. It's it is the best that OPS is the best by any Yankee all time at Fenway Park. Like he was just that was the guy that we've been looking for. Like the reason that people have been booing him in the past is because he wasn't producing like this. First of all. We have to be realistic. This is not a sustainable path that he's on. He's not going to hit like this every single series. But for him to turn that on right when we needed it, it's perfect. And as long as we continue traveling on our path, we should be bowing at the man's feet. And this also is not possible without Aaron Judge. Like, he's just... The two of them were really the heart and soul of the Red Sox series. You know, Aaron Judge being able to get up there after, let's be honest, the blown blown foul tip call and for him to then go ahead and hit that double, huge, massive. And really, he's been really good all season. Judge has been really good at trying to shift the momentum to try and get the team going. Um, and that has been one thing that he's been super consistent with is trying to at least start stuff. So the two of them, so, so clutch in that Red Sox series. We don't win it without them. Obviously, John Carlos Stanton wins player of the week last week with 13 RBIs. Who is surprised? Literally nobody. Literally nobody is surprised. Um... I think one thing that uh, came out after after the Red Sox series was the adoption of Bronxy. So the Yankees have adopted a pet turtle, named him Bronxy. The idea was led by Nestor Cortez, of course. Apparently DJ likes to talk to him. Um, iconic, you know. Uh, oh, he doesn't talk to him, sorry. DJ said to stare at him a lot. And Brett Gardner said, would be great if we got him a little World Series ring. Of course it would be. Um, On Tuesday, during the Yankee game, 
There was a, a lower third about Giancarlo Stanton in his last four games. He was 8-for-6 with four home runs and 13 RBIs. Obviously, he hit a three-run home run in the top of the seventh of the first Blue Jays game, which that Blue Jays game, as as pivotal as the Red Sox series was, obviously it was super, super important. It automatically put us ahead in the wild card series. Winning that first Blue Jays game was also huge because the Red Sox also lost. So it put us two games ahead of Boston, which is was super comforting. And it was all down to the fact that uh, Stanton hit that home run. And Jared Carabas had a tweet earlier in the week that I think really um, summed it up. Was that every in all of the Boston games, in that Toronto game... Every Giancarlo Stanton home run was the moment that you knew the game was over. You know, when that when he hit that, you're like, they're not coming back. You know, the Yankees won this game. And I, that's just so powerful. <laughs> like, to be able to, you know, do that is, is pretty crazy. Last night, I'm kind of going through this kind of quick, the recaps of the games, because... Listen, I've talked about it before. I'm a busy, busy person. Um, I catch moments and minutes of games, but I, I think I've sat down and watched probably from start to finish seven whole games this year, but I've been able to watch, you know, six innings here, four innings there. Um, but last night, uh, personally for me, made me not super comfortable with Garrett Cole. Not that I wasn't super comfortable. Hold on. Erase that. Um, the one thing that happened in the first Toronto game that was definitely concerning is Jamison Tyone re-injuring his ankle. So, Boone said yesterday that he's a little bit better than we expected after last night's re-injury of his ankle. Um, but it definitely like is not great. He exited his start against the Blue Jays in the third inning after aggravating his previously right previous right ankle injury, and if we remember, he was put on the IL with a right ankle ten like a right partially torn tendon in his right ankle. Um, not great because he was really I mean we've talked about it he was really seeming to fall into stride. Sure, he was like showing a bit of the fatigue that comes with you know not pitching for two years, but he seemed to be really falling into stride and into like. A rhythm that could have worked going into the postseason. Now you just have to hope that he either, like, we just have to make a decision on him. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Continuing on pitching wise, Garrett Cole did not have a good showing yesterday. Um, Scotty watched the game start to finish, and his report was that all he had was his fastball. His ball was not breaking, and you could tell because they were hitting him. Bobachet had two home runs. It's frustrating because we lost by one run and a run was given up on that misplayed pop fly between Gallo and Gio, which is super frustrating. That is an outfielder's ball and and Gallo's a good outfielder. You just start to wonder what made him like second guess it. Um cuz it's not like you know if it was someone who had played behind Glaber for a really long time and you are co- and you thought that Glaber would have reached that, but then you're thrown off because it's not Glaber at short, it's Gio at short. 
sure, but Gallo does not have a whole bunch of experience behind either of them at shortstop, so you don't confidently know either of their ranges, and it is an outfielder's ball to come get. Um, So that was probably one of the more frustrating plays last night, Wednesday night, other than the fact that Garrett Cole was just kind of getting, I don't even want to say shelled, but he was just not throwing the way that he needed to throw and the way that would make me be like, yeah, that's my ace, you know? I don't know. I I hate doubting him um, because obviously he he's one of the best pitchers in the league. And even with two bad starts kind of in a row, he's still leading in so many American League stats that he should still seal up the Cy Young over Robbie Ray. But there is always like uh, Jeff Passan tweeted something about how last night's start kind of blew Cole away from being a Cy Young contender. And then someone replied to it with all of the stats that Cole is leading in. And there's just always, there always is a bias to people. People always have a bias against the Yankees. And the Yankees are always like expected to do like be perfect to win awards. Um, But Garrett Cole has been pretty damn close to perfect this year. Um, And I think that it would be unfair for them to take the Cy Young away from him for two bad starts. You're going to take his Cy Young. If you're not going to give him the Cy Young, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, But yesterday, I, I think the one thing that was good that, that I saw yesterday, obviously the game didn't go in our favor, but something that Scotty and I have talked about in the past is that sometimes this year you could tell the team would just roll over and give up. And that, that didn't happen last night. I don't think we ever held a lead. We may have held a lead before Bichette hit his... No, that was a tie. Um, we never held a lead, but we we fought late. Um, you know, Higgy with a big two-run single. Um, we were using, like, sacrifice flies. Obviously, we're not using them, like, on purpose. But, like, we were playing baseball, which has been something that we've kind of felt like we've been lacking all year is is the ability to play baseball. We were just looking for a Stanton or a judge to rip a home run. But last night just, I don't know, it felt, I, while I would have much preferred, obviously, for us to win because Boston also won, it was good to see that fight. We just have to make sure that hopefully we take tonight, Thursday night's game. Um, we've got Kluber going. I think they have Ray going. Let me check. And the Yankees have not been bad against... Like, the Yankees have played pretty well against Robbie Ray. So, I think... I hope that it works out well. Um, You know, we have two little injury concerns from last night. Um, Luke Voigt aggravated something in his knee. Gio Rochelle stepped on the plate funny, either last night or on Wednesday night. Um, Just something to keep an eye on. But still... Hopefully, we can pull that out. Let's talk about the Yankee bullpen. So, first of all, um, on the broadcast the other day, Yes put up a graphic uh, regarding, you know, innings ERA, opponent average, and walks per strikeout. So, in 31 innings, they had a .87 ERA with opponents hitting 142 
with seven walks to 36 strikeouts. One earned run or fewer in all seven games. We've t- I've talked about it before. Our bullpen has has just something to it this year that I think is interesting because you have a guy like Chad Green, like Chapman, who went on streaks where you're like, oh, God, I don't think I want them on the mound. But then we can put up shit like this. Um, Johnny Loisega was reinstated to the major league roster, which was huge because it also meant that we DFA'd freaking Andrew Heaney. He goes option to Tampa, and I'm literally so excited. It was fantastic. I have been waiting to figure out how they were going to get rid of this man because he just was taking up a roster spot and not making us any better. Um, and we want to keep up with his trade. Jansen Junk um, started last night in the Angels' win over the Rangers. I think he has a 3-6-4 ERA. He's very good. But it's okay. It's okay because Yankees are sometimes really just not pulling up the pitchers they need. But I think I don't think I have felt as much joy for the Yankees this year as I did when Andrew Heaney got DFA'd. Not when Stan hit his a grand slam. Not when Luis Severino finally made an MLB return. No, this moment, this momentous moment was it. This was it. Um, and I don't know why. He just actually I do know why. Um, we could have been much more comfortably in the wild card lead if um, we never put him on the mound ever. Not for starts, not for reliefs, not for any of it. But Luizaga being back is huge. Um, I mean, we talked about it at the All-Star break, and he had like one bad appearance after he came off of COVID, but he is having an absolutely stellar year. And he is one arm in the bullpen that we can just kind of always rely on, I think. Um, and is is just a solid guy out of the pen. Another guy out of the pen that I want to talk about really, really quickly is Michael King. I have always been a Michael King supporter. Um, he's a great guy. He and he his ball just moves like a blitz ball. Like he was on pitching ninja the other day, a pitch of his, and it was just Wild. Um, Corey Kluber has actually been showing him, I think. I don't know if he actually has or if it's just a coincidence. Kluber has his, like, clue ball, which, like, isn't a curveball. It isn't a, a slider. It's, like, that weird mix that looks like a kind of a Frisbee coming in. And him and Michael King have very similar deliveries. And King is throwing that same pitch. And it is absolutely filthy and he's just going to be so valuable I saw it in a tweet yesterday and I agreed with it so much with so many starters that are only going four or five innings Michael King being able to throw two or three innings out of the pen is so huge sure like if if you have a guy like Cole who has a good start and you can throw all seven innings great maybe you don't use Michael King that day but if you have a guy like Nestor who's only going to go four or five innings you can do that four or five innings, then put in Michael King, you know, get to a spot where then you can use your your three, four, your seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning guy. Um, King also would run really well as an opener, you know, get him through the lineup one time. 
in two innings, three innings, and then he's just going to be he's going to be so versatile and, and such a good piece of an already really really good bullpen um both this year and going into the future. Shohei Otani is now tied for major league lead in triples, but you want to know what he's not tied for anymore is home runs because Salvador freaking Perez is leading in home runs. Let's hop on over. I I don't have much else to say about the Yankees unless something pops into my head, but Salvador Perez is currently leading the league in home runs and RBIs with 48. He he has the most home runs by a catcher in a single season. And I just, I love, because I remember All-Star break, um, I was watching the Home Run Derby with people from work, and we were like, what the hell is Salvador Perez doing here? And what's crazy is that Salvador Perez would have been in the finals of the Home Run Derby if he had not gone up against Pete Alonso in the first round. It is, he's just, it's wild. I, I can't even like process in my brain that he's, like, existing and, like, not that he's existing. That sounds weird. But, like, the conversation around around home runs has always been Shohei, Vlad, you know, that's been where you are. Like, that's the battle. And then all of a sudden, Salvador Perez is just like, blah, blah. I'm just going to hit this one and hit this one and hit this one and hit this one. And it's crazy. And I love it. And it's so, it's, like, kind of chaotic, but it's so funny. Um... What else have I got? The Mets. We've got three things about the Mets. Um, let's start with the probably worst thing for them. Um, actually, it's two bad things and one good thing. I don't know which one's worse. But the Mets have shut down Jacob deGrom for the year with an elbow injury. Um, I don't believe we had a specified injury. But he has been shut down for the year. Makes sense. They're out of the playoffs because no team in Major League history has spent as much time, 103 days, in first place and finished with a losing record. The Mets are mathematically guaranteed to become the first. That is from Anthony DiComo on Twitter. They were looking so good. They were looking so good. And then and then they got Metsed, um, which is just... What else would happen for the Mets, really? Like, I could never... Being a Mets fan must be so depressing. And I'm so sorry for everybody that forces themselves to go through that. But, like, why would you put yourself through that? Like, why would you Why would you do that to yourself? Um, however, they did get one good thing. Was that for the first time in two years, Noah Syndergaard took them out. And he had two strikeouts. I totally forgot that Noah Syndergaard existed never mind that like they were waiting on him and I I don't I don't have his injury in front of me so I don't remember what he was um you know on the IL for but glad they had something going right for them um just really quick on the timeline was the 
Baltimore Orioles tweet about when they beat the Red Sox. I just thought it was so funny. The Orioles are the Orioles are a funny organization. They're always hiring people because nobody wants to work for the Orioles because nobody wants to work for a team that's losing, which is unfortunate. But like, this is hysterical. Um, another thing while I'm on the topic of the Orioles is. Cedric Mullins hit the 30-30 mark, and he is the first Oriole to ever do it. That fact is from Scotty, but um, I'll get he, he's going to have his own little section at the end where I just read all of the things that he wanted me to talk about. Um, but, I mean, we, we talked about Cedric Mullins, especially around All-Star break. Like, he deserves the attention that he, like, kind of isn't getting because he's on the Orioles. He's... The best guy probably on the Orioles. Um, And does he deserve a better team? Yes, but the Orioles also deserve to be a better team. Like, they have the number one prospect in all of minor league baseball. Bring him up. What harm could it do now? Like, Adley Rutschman is ready. (laughs) Just do it. Um, The Cardinals clinched the National League wild card by winning 17 straight games. Absolutely wild. I remember... When the Nolan Arenado trade happened, I have a friend who's a Cardinals fan, and he was like, how much does this help? And I was like, that's huge. You know, you guys actually, like, not that you guys actually, I feel like St. Louis always kind of, like, sneaks their way into being a good team, and you don't really see it. Um, and I'm not saying that this is all from Nolan, because it's not. It, it's it's a whole team effort, but the Cardinals have a way of sneaking up on you that you, you don't really think about them until they – go on a 17-win run, um, which is just crazy. Some other um, teams celebrating playoff clinches. Devin Williams, a pitcher on the Brewers, told reporters that he punched a wall following the clinch celebration Sunday after having a few drinks and fractured his right hand. The injury will require surgery and will likely end his season. That is the most man thing to do and it is so stupid if I'm excited I am not punching things but like if a guy gets excited he punches things and I don't understand like the the hardwired and innate need to punch something but like it's not a new concept like guys do it all the time and I don't get it um you you're a pitcher literally all you need is your hand um Continuing about pitching is Shohei Otani has been shut down from pitching. Um, I don't quite know why, but he I know he hasn't pitched in a while, but he finishes the season with a 318 ERA, 156 Ks in 130 innings. I mean, Scotty and I talked about this for a while last week. It's hard to not argue that a guy who is a pretty solid pitcher and a and the heart of your offense does not win MVP. But in the same exact breath, how do you have a guy winning, literally about to win the, like competing for or about to win the triple crown and, or like was on pace most of the season to win the triple crown. I don't know where he's at in that area right now. Vlad Jr. And he's not even in the conversation. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a little tough. Um, so Shohei, I mean, people will be up in arms either way, if he wins or if he doesn't win. If he doesn't win, people are going to say, 
that's ridiculous. He was a two-way star. Like, he did it all. If he does win, people are going to say, of course he won because he's Major League Baseball's golden boy. It'll be it'll be interesting either way. Obviously, I think nobody is ever 100% happy and 100% agree on anything except for that Bryce Harper is the National League MVP. That is literally the only thing that I think everybody will agree on. Um, and if they give it to Tatis, then you know that it's because um, it's screwed and Major League Baseball just wants to treat him happy. <laughs> um, another thing. Let's talk about the Rays really quick. First of all, they clinched top seed and home field advantage. That, like, I I understand they won, but, like, at what cost? Do you really want to play in the Trop? Do the Rays want to play in the Trop? Does Major League Baseball really want the American League pennant decided by the fucking Trop? Like, are you kidding? That seems like maybe not a great idea. But what do I know? What do I know? Um, additionally, on the raise is Wander fucking Franco. He has reached base in 43 straight games, tying Frank Robinson in 1956 for most by a player under 21. I just, I'm just trying to understand how... how how you do that um that is just I it's interesting because we haven't played the Rays much recently like in the last like month or two I feel we obviously play them this coming week in like the final showdown but I feel like somehow Wander has been able since getting pulled up he's been able to like fly under the radar and he's just a freak like he's just wild um, and then finally in their one nothing win over Arizona, the Giants clinched their winningest season in San Francisco history with 104 wins. Absolutely insane. Absolutely crazy. I just can't. The San Francisco is, it just feels like a unicorn right now. Like it doesn't feel real. Um, but they are. Let's get into Scotty's points. He wrote me a small novel. Um, Adam Wainwright hits 2,000 career strikeouts. Absolutely wild. I don't have a lot of information on all of these, so I'm just going to read off his list. Um, Frankie Montes for the A's is the first A's pitcher since 2001 to have a 200 strikeout season. Crazy. I'll get a I'll get a uh, wild card standings at the end of the episode. Rays will be splitting time next season between Florida and Montreal. About goddamn time. Um, I didn't see that headline, which I'm very confused about. Um, I'd like to know his source, but I know that they definitely talked about it. Um, simply because, I mean, we just talked about it. The trop is terrible. Do I want to go to the trop? Yeah, I do. Like so badly. But the trop is terrible. Um, Bradley Zimmer hit a home run off of his brother Kyle Zimmer. Super fun. Love that. But like there was no interaction between the two. Like none at all. Like I I would have imagined that. I don't know. I think Bradley is on the Nationals and Kyle is on the Royals. Neither of you are in a playoff push. But, like, there was no interaction between the two of them that it happened. I'm like, yeah, you're probably pissed off as Kyle, but, like, Bradley, 
you're not fucking stoked i don't know i would have i would have um maybe flexed it a little bit the bench is cleared in a Tigers versus White Sox game after Abreu gets hit, then later slides a bit late into second. I do remember seeing that. Um, I feel like there's been less fights this year. That might be wrong, and I might just be blacking out. But I just I want a little bit more action, a little bit more rah 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 rah. That is all of Scotty's points. But the Trop thing. MLB on Fox posted for the postseason, the Rays will add a sign to the back wall at Tropicana Field to showcase their plans to split future seasons between Tampa Bay and Montreal per TB Tampa Bay Time Sports. Um, makes sense. Trop's a shithole. I'll say it. I say as I've never been there and really want to go. Um, finally, let's look, take a quick look at the standings. Obviously, Tampa Bay, like we just said, just locked up the American League East. They're eight whole games ahead of the Yankees. Um, The American League Central is locked up by the Chicago White Sox, like we assumed. And the West is not secured yet, I don't think. Um, But Houston is leading Seattle, who is taking a hot push to break their avoidance of the postseason. They haven't made the postseason since 2002. Um, we'll get to that when we get to the wild card. Um, but they are three and a half games behind Houston. In the National League, Atlanta, in the National League East, Atlanta leads the Phillies by four and a half games. God, I want Atlanta to win it. I want Atlanta to take it. In the Central, Milwaukee locked up the first place spot. Um, and then in the West, San Francisco locked up the first place spot head to the wild card we'll go to the ones that are pretty obvious um the national league wild card is los angeles and st louis they are already locked in and the american league one is the nightmare so the yankees currently sit one game ahead of boston however seattle is a half game behind boston toronto is a game behind boston it is going to be this next week. I don't, I don't think I can physically handle this next week. Like be involved in the Yankees and then also like do school and do life and all of that. Like I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do it. Um, it is going to be the most intense week of baseball ever. Could you imagine like Seattle making this push out of left field? Like never in my wildest dreams did I think that Seattle was going to be making a wild card push? But like I said it earlier, um, Oakland is, Oakland's behind Toronto. They're four and a half games back. Um, but I was saying last week, I think, like imagine being like a Rangers fan or Tigers fan where like you just have to watch this shit show like fall apart and like try to rebuild itself. Like this is going to go down to game 162. And... I'll say it briefly here so I don't, like, leave you here for too long listening to me just, like, rattle on. Sorry, my voice sounds like garbage. I lost it last week and it won't come back. Um, But it is a little frustrating because there are so many games that happened this season that we should have won. We should have had a better record against the Orioles. We should have had a better April. We shouldn't have ever lost a game that we put Andrew Heaney on the mound because he shouldn't have been on the mound. 
Jordan Montgomery should have so many more wins in his column because he needed the run support. If we... The likelihood that we would have been able to play like the September Yankees all season is probably pretty low because it's not, I don't know if it's a sustainable pace. But if we played with even half of the same vigor or like 75%, the season would be very different. Do I think we would have caught Tampa Bay? I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, Because like we went on our 13 game win streak and gained nothing on them. Um, so I don't know if we really would have caught them, but we just would have been so much more comfortably in the wild card spot as opposed to now where every pitch, every inning, super, super matters. Listen, I I believe in the house of thought that that always matters. Every pitch always matters. But now it is even more important. And, and I, that adds a, a le- level of stress and intensity to every single moment during the game, which is like, God, I want to be excited, but I'm just stressed. And I'm just an anxious and stressed person. But it will be the most wild week of baseball. Hopefully we come at you next week with good news. But until then, you can keep up with us on Instagram at pinstripe.podcast as well as you can share the show and let other people kind of express how stressed they are for the Yankees this week. Um, But thank you so much for listening. I know you guys got a lot of Scotty over the summer, so I hope you're not too mad that you just had to listen to me this whole time. But thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye! (laughs) Bye! Bye.